0: Welcome to Tairat Emecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Pamela Rifka simonson and today we will be studying Divrei HaYam in Zion, Chapter 7. In Peric 5, we learnt about the Arayn being brought to the Beis HaMikdash, the people offering sacrifices in front of the Arayn, the Arain being placed in the Holy of Holies, and the house becoming full of the Cloud of Hashem. Peric 6, Shlomo blessed the congregation of Yisrael and prayed. Perk seven, Possach one, Uchalais Shloma Lehis Palel, and when Shloma finished praying, Vahaish Yardami Hashamayim, Vataychal Ha Eila Vahazavachim, Uchavoid Hashem Male Es Habayes. Then the fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of Hashem filled the house. So incredible. As we know from Parak 5, the glory of Hashem filled the house before the fire that's mentioned here descended, which Matsudas David clarifies. Psukim 2 to 5. And the Kohanim could not enter the house of Hashem because the glory of Hashem filled the house of Hashem. And all the children of Israel saw the descent of the fire and the glory of Hashem on the house, and they kneeled down, their faces to the ground. On the floor, and they prostrated themselves and gave thanks to Hashem. And the king and all the people were slaughtering sacrifices before Hashem. King Shlomo slaughtered the sacrifices of cattle, 22,000, and sheep, 120,000. And they dedicated the house of Hashem, the king, and all the people. Rashi explains that David HaMelech had divided the Kohanim, into twenty-four watches, divisions, and they would serve in shifts in the Beis Hamikdash. Posuk six, the al Mishmaray Sam Eimdim, and the Kohanim stood according to their watches, their divisions. Meaning, says Matzoras David, each division was in its special place. V'halavim b'chlei Shir Hashem, asher asa David haMelech laHaydeis laHashem ki la'ilam chastei b'halel David beYadom. And the levim with the instruments of song, with musical instruments, which David Hamelech had made to give thanks to Hashem for his loving kindness is eternal. With David's praise in their hand. Radak explains that David's praise in their hand could refer to the instruments David made for praise. Or it could mean they were saying the Mizmirim, songs, that David had made using the melody of the instruments. And the kohanim were sounding the trumpets opposite them, and all Yisrael were standing. In Posuk 7, Shloma consecrates the inside of the courtyard, which was in front of the house of Hashem, in order to accommodate the large number of sacrifices. Radak explains this could mean that he sanctified the floor itself for the purpose of offering upon it for the need at the time, or it could mean that he built another altar. Pasuk 8. And Shloma observed the celebration at that time, seven days, and all the people of Israel with him, a very great congregation, from Levoy Chamos to the Brook of Egypt, meaning the people came from the entrance to Chamos, which was in the northern corner of Eretz Yisrael, to the Brook of Egypt, which was at the southern tip. Explains Matzudas David. So people came to the Beis Hamikdash from areas spanning a great distance. In Posuk 9, two sets of seven days are mentioned. We see from Pesukim 9 and 10 with Malbim that the first seven days were the days of the inauguration of the altar, not Chag. And then this was followed by Chag for seven days, which we mentioned previously was Sukkus. So they celebrated the inauguration and then Sukkus. In Malachim, it says that Shlomo sent the people home on the eighth day. And Ezra here in Divrei HaYamim explains that he didn't send them to go home on that actual day because it was the Yom Tov of Shemini Atzeres. After Sukkot, the people had to stay in Yerushalayim overnight for Shemini Atzeres. On the eighth day, which was Shemini Atzeres, Shlomo only sent them from the dedication of the temple. On the 23rd of the seventh month, which was the day after Shemini Atzeres, Shlomo sent them to their homes. Shloma specifically did not arrange for the celebration of the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash to coincide with Sukkot, And it's derived from here that one Simcha, one joyous celebration, should not be mixed together with another Simcha, as seen in Yerushalmi Mayad Katon. Each Simcha gets its own special attention. Looking inside Possock 10. V'yom esrim shilach es haAm And on the 23rd day of the 7th month, he sent the people to their tents, their homes, rejoicing and of good heart about the good that Hashem had done for David and for Shloma and for his people Yisrael. Matzorah's David explains that the good Hashem did for David is that Hashem kept his promise to David, that his son, who was sitting on his throne, had indeed built the Beis Hamikdash, And the good he did for his people Yisrael was that they saw that Hashem's Shechina dwelt in the house that was built. Choimas Anach, referring to the Talmud in Shabbos, says that their rejoicing was their pleasure from the radiance of the Shechina, and their goodness of heart refers to that all of the wives, each one of them, gave birth to a son. Possuk 11. And Shloma completed the house of Hashem and the king's house, the palace, and anything that came upon Shlomo's heart to make in the house of Hashem and in his palace, he succeeded. Everything that Shlomo thought to do, he was successful, explains Metzidus David. Malbin points out that in Sefer Elohim it refers to every desire that Shlomer desired to do. Here, in Divrei HaYamim, Ezra specifies that Shlomo was successful in everything that he wanted to do with these two buildings mentioned in the posuk, the Besamikdash and his palace for these were the fundamental things in his eyes. Hashem now appears to Shlomo at night with a moving response to Shlomo's tefillah. He begins by saying in Pasuk 12, "Shomati I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. Rashi notes that in Pesukim 13 and 14, Hashem answers directly to three of Shlomo's specific requests that he made in his tefillahs in Parak 6. These are not the only requests Hashem answers that he will grant, but here are three. Shlomo prayed about rain, locusts and pestilence. And Hashem responds here, If I close up the heaven and there will be no rain, and if I command locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence upon my people, 14, and my people upon whom my name is called, humble themselves and pray and seek my presence and repent of their evil ways, I shall hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And mirroring Shloma's beautifully worded request, Hashem responds in Posuk 15, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer of this place. There's a deep sense of closeness running through these words. As Hashem says, yes, and he echoes Shloma's phraseology. Ibn Yahya teaches that in this pasuk, Hashem also responds that he will hear the prayers of non-Jewish people, as Shlomo had requested. Psukim 13 to 15 that we just read are not found in the corresponding account in Zefim Melachim. Pasuk 16. And now I have chosen and I have sanctified this house, that my name be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there at all times. Which Metsudas David says means Hashem will place his hashkacha, his supervision, his involvement there. Hashem then encourages Shloma to walk before Hashem as his father David did. Interpreting P'sukim 17 to 18 with Ibn Yahya, Hashem says to Shloma, if you walk before me as your father David walked, Adhering to the mitzvahs specifically for a king, and do according to all that I commanded you, meaning the commandments for which their reason is revealed, and you keep my statutes, meaning the laws whose reasons are hidden, and my ordinances, then I will set up the throne of your kingdom as I decree to your father David, saying, You shall never lack a man ruling in Yisrael. In Posuk 19, Hashem begins to outline what will happen if Shloma does not follow Hashem's commandments and worships strange gods. Hashem addresses him in the plural form, saying, for example, But if you revert and forsake my statutes and commandments, etc. Minchas Erev explains the plural form used here as alluding to the gravity of a king's misdeeds. If he turns away from Hashem and worships idols, it's as if all the people have turned away from Hashem and worshipped idols, because they watch the king and do the same. Furthermore, when a king has the ability to protest wrongs and does not, it's as if he has performed that evil. And a king cannot protest the wrongdoing of others unless he himself is walking in the ways of Hashem. He cannot reprove others if he himself is worshipping idols. For any of us in leadership positions, be they social, in the family unit, in the community, it's worth contemplating our integrity and our behaviours. And also, the reality that others watch us and follow, even when we don't know they're looking. In the final three Psukim, Hashem delineates the consequences for deviation from Hashem's ways. The people of Yisrael will be removed from the land. Hashem will cast the Besamikdash from before him, which Malbim says means Hashem will not supervise it with the dwelling of his Shechina and he will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. Pasuk 21, And this house which was exalted, Every passerby will be astounded. And say, Why has Hashem done this to this country and to this temple? Pasuk 22, And they will be told, because they forsook Hashem, the God of their forefathers, who took them out of the land of Egypt, and they grasped other gods and prostrated themselves to them and worshipped them, therefore, He brought upon them all this evil. A devastating picture if a person would forget Hashem. A stark reminder of the responsibility of a king of Israel. And a comfort knowing how much a person's actions matter. Thank you for studying together Lilu Nishmas Rose Foreman Razel Rockel Bus Arielle Leib and Rachel Zeitlin Rachel Bus Shloma